turning our seasons around slower than a freighter in the Suez Canal. It's the Fantasy Faithful and FBL podcast. I am your host, Steve McGovern, and I'm joined as ever by my colleague, Harry Diamond. If we extend this analogy even further, which one of us is the ship grounded in the canal and who is the one digging the other out? Yeah, I think I'm the one with the anchor placed firmly on at the moment, but I need a little bit of a helping hand and hopefully we'll uh, we'll get motoring again in the near future. This week could be the one. <laughs> it's like those those memes, you know, have you seen the memes with the, the little digger, like trying to get it out of this, get the sand away to get this massive ship out of the out of the ground? Oh my Lord. God. It's actually kind of sad that it's uh, gone now because all those memes were, they were sustaining us, I think, in lockdown. But uh, I, I, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll end the canal memes now. How have you been, mate? How's it going? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. Taking the uh, the international break to reflect, staring at my FPL squad over and over again, and uh, ready for it to all kick off again this weekend. How are you? I'm okay. International break has not been kind to me. Ireland have lost twice now, and one of those was to Luxembourg. So, yay! <laughs> we are not going to the World Cup anytime soon, and uh, by next year when the world cup happens it will have been 20 years since we were last at a world cup which is insane it's actually insane so yeah uh, not great on that front but look we'll uh, we'll get back to fbl hopefully there's more there's more success in that for us but before we get to kind of talking about uh, the essential players for the run in that's something i really want to get to and maybe our p- picks for game week 30 i want to get to the news because after 10 years, Sergio Aguero is leaving Manchester City. He's obviously, you know, the fourth highest goal scorer in Premier League history. He is the top scoring overseas player. He's won four Premier League titles. But most importantly of all, he has 1,580 points in FPL. I mean, this guy is absolute. like, he probably has more FPL points than any other player, I assume. Like, it's just insane. And what a player. Yeah, he's not been bad, has he? I think... Uh... City have seen the, the legends leave, haven't they, over the last few seasons, but he, he's up there the very best, hasn't he? He's been some player and he's been a real, real fantasy asset, hasn't he? He's just so reliable. I know he's, he gets injured a fair bit and that, but when he's on the pitch, he, he just scores goals, doesn't he? Yeah, it's really the end of an era because if you think of like David Silva's gone now, Vincent Kompany, uh, Yaya Torres obviously gone a good few years as well. So it's really an end of an era, but... I mean, there are some unbelievable FPL memories over the years. Did any, any of them stand out for you? Is there any in particular that you remember where you were just like, oh, that's my boy? The, the biggest one that, uh, that stands out for me was actually not a good memory. Um, I think it's maybe 2015-16, and it was the, the day he scored five against Newcastle. Ooh. And uh, I can remember, I actually dwell in FPL that season. I won my mini league. I got by on a uh, strike force of Lukaku, Harry Kane, and it was the season of Gala was banging him in for Watford, which uh, carried me. And I remember having having a Gala in, in my team, and they were, they were both three o'clock kickoffs. The Gala had scored. I was on holiday, actually. I was in Greece, and I looked at the scores at halftime. Watford were, I think, 1 0 or 1 1. Gala had scored. City were 1 1 for Newcastle. Naguero had scored. And I thought, that's not too bad. Remember, getting about my day in the sun, in the Greek sunshine, sitting by the pool, thought, I'll have another look, little look, maybe half an hour later. 6-1, Aguero scored five. And I remember thinking, oh my God, this is a nightmare. But, I think that might yeah, have been... Yeah, that was the overriding memory. I think that might have been the first... I, I don't know if it was that long ago, but it was definitely, I think, the first season that you could use, um, that you could use triple captain. So you had people who were getting 75 points, which is just insane. So that was incredible memory. One that sticks out for me. I can't remember if I had Aguero for this match or not. 
I don't think I had him for that Newcastle one, but for the, the Huddersfield one a few years ago, they beat Huddersfield 6-1 and Aguero scored a hat-trick that day. Now, do you remember this element of it at all? Jamie Jackson of The Guardian reported that Sergio Aguero was going to be out of the match. And I think this was ahead of the deadline. So there was a bunch of people who basically transferred him out or didn't captain him. And it, I, I wish I could remember what I did because I don't know if I got rid of him on that basis or not or, or what. I, I, I feel like I might have had him and didn't captain him. But I can't remember for sure. But yeah, this is this is a real sore point in a lot of people people's like kind of fantasy memories. Like it's it just incredible. Like a, a journalist, you know, for like the Guardian, like this isn't even like some ITK, you know what I mean? Like just ruffling feathers, like it, it just uh, in, insane and just ruined a lot of people. I think uh, that that weekend, like uh, does that not ring a bell at all? Vague, yeah, I vaguely remember. I think yeah, God, you'd feel sick to your stomach, wouldn't you? You'd, be, you'd never read the Guardian again. <laughs> no, no, look, never. I mean, I wouldn't read Jamie Jackson anyway. Uh, so yeah, just put him in the bin anyway, right? Uh, the kind of actually the other news today it just dropped is uh, the new fixture schedule. So as I was saying on the last podcast, game weeks thirty two and thirty three had some you know holes that needed to be plugged. We now know that Spurs have got a double game week in game week thirty two against Everton and Southampton. That's very interesting. Crystal Palace have a, got a blank game week in game week 32. And there's two postponements basically that need to be rescheduled still. So Crystal Palace versus Southampton and Aston Villa versus Everton. So that is the state of play. Before we get to talking about the must-have players for the final nine game weeks, that Spurs double game week. I just so happen to have a triple captaincy chip. I mean, might that be the time for, say, a Harry Kane or a Sun Hyung Min or whatever to to spring it on, on Everton and Southampton. Yeah, it could, it could be, it could be. I mean, I don't think those those fixtures are, are dreamy, are they? But Kane well, especially is reliable, isn't he? And how many double game meets are, are left in the, in the season for, for the big hitters? So, yeah, Kane, Son, good well, shout. You, you say that about the fixtures, but like Everton have been quite bad at, at home in Goodison Park. And Southampton are still kind of floundering a little bit. Now, who knows by the time game week 32 comes around it's not that far away at all but i think they're pretty like harry kane safe you know what i mean like i, I could see both harry kane and and son doing pretty well so i uh, it's definitely on the table and i'm thinking game week 32 i'll i'll have to give him more consideration maybe after this game week and, and see how i'm going because obviously game week 33 spurs blank man city blank has a massive a lot of people have assets involved uh, invested in there so, I mean, we kind of touched on it last week about maybe getting off Man City a little bit or, or just pulling back a bit. I think uh, closer to the time, we'll get to that on the, on the pod. But yeah, we might as well get to our must-have players now because if the rest of the season has been a marathon up to now, these last few weeks are going to be a sprint. So this is the time where it, it's ma- it is really make or break. Like if you make a good run now, you can you know get to the top of your mini league or get your rank up you know where, where you want to be and essentially like every transfer counts now you can't just willy-nilly just make stupid transfers or take hits or whatever it's got to be planned out to a certain extent because obviously things will happen and players will come into form that you don't expect but it's all now about planning ahead and planning your transfers ahead so fixtures are going to be a big thing i've got a kind of fixture rating thingy up here on my screen and it says spurs have the best one but like i said they've got gaming 33 blanked 
I think most people anyway, we know who the players worth worth having are there. And a couple of other interesting ones right at the top, Arsenal, Liverpool, Wolves, Sheffield United and Chelsea. So that's kind of like the top top six in terms of fixture difficulty. One of the teams I want to get there first is Chelsea. And we talked about in depth about their amazing defence last week. So we won't go into you know too much detail other than to say it, it's really important to have a Chelsea defender. I think at least one. I don't know about doubling up because uh, I'm not sure if like they've been so defensively solid that they can't possibly keep it up. You're not going to have, you know, 80% clean sheets going for the rest of the season. But I think it's important to have at least one. And I've got Antonio Rudiger at the minute, who's a really great differential. He's still only something like 4% ownership, 4.7 million uh, in the game. But I'm going to say as an essential, as a must have, go for Cesar Azpilicueta. He's 5.8 million, so he is far more expensive. 6.6% ownership, still big differential, less so than Rudiger. But I think Azpilicueta is going to play every game from now to the end of the season. And that is the huge thing for me with, with him. What do you make of, of that and, and Chelsea in general? I think I think having a Chelsea defender is, is definitely the way forward. I'm, I'm considering bringing in um, Mendy this week. I know everyone's on Emi Martinez and he, he's been unbelievable. But I think Aston Villa haven't quite looked as good defensively recently. And I know he still makes... His save percentage for the number of shots he faces is is unbelievable, but I think Mendy might be a, a good pick to, to swap to if you if you want to go down that route because you want you want somebody who's guaranteed to play, and I think him and Aspilicueta are of of the defenders they've got are the most likely to play every week. One hundred percent. In terms of like their their attacking players, I want to say like one of Mason Mount or Kai Havertz or Timo Werner, but. You know, again, I'm not sure about who to pick out of those and whether they're worth investing in. And maybe, like, just in terms of a solid bet, it's probably better off looking elsewhere. And in my opinion, you have a player also in London called Jesse Lingard playing for West Ham, who could be that. You know, my my heart is always going to say Jesse Lingard, but uh, you know whether he continues that great form remains uh, to be seen. Do you have any West Ham players in mind to to bring in, or again, are you kind of overlooking them? No, I, th- I think I think Lingard's Lingard's a good shout. I just think he's he's in the best form that I can remember him being in. I know he scored a, some important goals for United before, but he just seems to be central to to everything that West Ham are doing. I think it's important to to pick players ahead of the running that have still got a lot to play for. And West Ham are right in the mix for the top four finish still, so. Their assets are something that are definitely attractive to me and Lingard's the man in form, isn't he? 100%. If we just look at their fixtures, Wolves away, Leicester home, Newcastle away, Chelsea home, Burnley away, Everton home, Brighton away, West Brom away, Southampton at home. Definitely actually a very kind run-in. You know, those last five fixtures are really good. they got Newcastle who are absolutely putrid coming up in, in game week 32. But in terms of defenders, I mean, obviously Aaron Cresswell is kind of you know, the most obvious one to, to get if we, just because of his creativity. Like he's absolutely massive, but he has nearly 30% ownership. So if you're trying to ch- say like my mini league leader has Cresswell, I'm not going to make much of a you know gain if I get him. But I would say that might be good for a double up in that defense. So if you look at Vladimir Kufal, he's 4.6 million, very cheap, 5.5% ownership. I think that's a, that's a dynamite uh, coalition right there. So yeah. Harry, who who are you thinking is like just super essential right now with those last like eight or nine games coming up? I like the Diogo Jota pick. Um, I know we touched on him last week and spoke about him, but I think he 
really has made a difference to Liverpool the last few games and he's, he's gone into the international break. I don't know if you saw the game with, with Serbia, but he, he scored twice, two really good finishes, headed uh, efforts drifting in off from wide. I think he just has to play for Liverpool if, if they are going to have any chance of, of catching catching up to the top four. The way that um, Firmino and Mane have been struggling, he, he has to play and at the value is, I think he could return really well if Liverpool got a decent running after the next couple. Yeah, I really like that shout. I'm definitely considering him. I'm definitely thinking about him a lot, all the time. Um, but it's, yeah, it's and the thing with Liverpool is they've been pretty bad. Like, they've been, they've been pretty bad of late. But if you look at their fixtures, they've got Arsenal away up next, which I think is a, is a tough one. I, I don't think Arsenal are going to be pushovers at all. They've showed showed some steel of late, I think. Then they got Aston Villa at home, Leeds away, Newcastle at home in game week 33. And again, that's an important one because you want, you know, cover for Man City and, and uh, well, you, you want to be covered for the fact that you won't have Man City and Tottenham players that players playing that week. So maybe going to Liverpool is especially important for that week when they're playing Newcastle. Again, terrible team at Anfield. Hopefully the, their Anfield curse is broken. Then they've got Man United away. a really tough one. Southampton at home, West Brom away, Burnley away, Crystal Palace at home. So yeah, that, those last few fixtures, absolutely beautiful in terms of Liverpool. So again, you know, the reason why transfers are so important is you're, you're looking at players that you're, you're pretty much going to have for the rest of the season. Like, you, you know, you, you make a transfer now, the likelihood is you're not going to get rid of them. If you buy a player and you get rid of them in the next, you know, one or two weeks, you've done something wrong there. So he is one definitely you could see holding up until the last day of the season. Otherwise, I mean, like I've got Trent Alexander-Arnold, so at the same time, I'm kind of like, am I covered for Liverpool? Am I fine? <laughs> you know, but next on my list is somebody who I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get him in. It depends on if I want to get rid of a Man City defender or not. But if I was, I would think about going for Connor Cody at Wolves. He's 4.8 million, owned by 4.7% of managers. Last week, I spoke about the fact that he's taking a lot more shots. He never took a shot before this season. And then he scored with his first shot on target against Man City. And now he's taken six all season, I believe. So not only, you know, going to be pretty solid defensively, he's also going to be taking the odd effort on goal. So I think that's what makes him a bit more of a, a bit more attractive than, than in recent seasons. I know we talked about Pedro Neto, but I'm, I'm just not putting him in the essential category right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced by the Wolves attack as we spoken at last week, didn't we? I think it's hard if you're picking in a creative midfield talent if they've they've not got a centre forward who can score goals. But I think Wolves definitely appeal is differential potential, particularly the defence. Cody is the most nailed on to play. I think it'd be interesting to see if um, Roman Sice gets a run of games in the side because he's he's been popular before and he's we know he offers threat going forward as well. So if he's in the team, he, he could be the pick. But yeah, Cody's the safest bet for, for minutes. Yeah, Sice is, is not a bad suggestion at all. But I, I would be afraid of getting burned by, like I said, Sice or the whole Sice-Max Kilman thing from earlier in the season. It would make me wary about, uh, you know, getting one of them in. So Connor Cody, for sure, is nailed on. I feel like Arsenal should be in here somewhere. Because in the run-in, right, they still have to play every single team in the bottom five, as well as Crystal Palace. That is a really plum run of fixtures right there. Like, that's so nice. I, d- I don't know really if anybody has, no, I don't know if anyone has like all, you know, five of the bottom teams left to play, but that's a really nice run. I like it a lot, but I'm just, like, I don't know. Like, I just don't know who to, who to go for. I, d- I don't, I just don't know what Arsenal, I just know if I bring them in, they're going to let me down. So can you enlighten me at all? Is Arsenal in your, in your thoughts and dreams? 
They haven't been, but look, look at that fixture. So I think they, they maybe should be, but it's, well, it's tough. Maybe to pick they should be because the... they're playing Liverpool this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is very true. Um, it's, it's tough, isn't it, though, with it with their attacking players? Like Aubameyang has just has not been the same player for most of the season. Arteta has faith in Willian when he's he's been pretty ordinary, hasn't he, for for most of yeah. the season? Martin Odegaard looks looks to have nailed a spot, but I'm not sure if he's going to be a prolific FPL returner. I think Lacazette maybe. The best option if, if he keeps his place as, as the centre forward, which he scored a few in the in the last few weeks, hasn't he? So if he, if he holds down that place, then he may be the one, especially if he keeps taking penalties and Aubameyang's in and out of the team. Yeah, I mean, I didn't go for Lacazette last week because just thinking about how he let everyone down in the previous blank game week, you know, on uh, everyone's free hit. I was just like, no, nah, he's going to do it again. He's just going to deceive us all. It's going to be a trap. Don't go for Lacazette. Obviously, I went for Josh Madger and. Lacazette end up Lacazette end up getting two goals was it or is a goal and assist I can't remember against yeah, West Ham yes so <laughs> played myself there I, I fooled myself really in the end so I don't know about Lacazette because I feel like he, sometimes he goes on these nice little runs but he doesn't have that kind of consistency to make him a real viable FPL asset and I for sure think if I got get him in now I will probably transfer him out before the end of the season because he might get a goal here or there but. I don't see him being able to keep getting goal after goal after goal, like, you know, scoring, say, a goal every two games, which is kind of the, the kind of minimum rate you want, I think. And I don't, I don't see him keeping up that kind of a rate, to be honest with you. He's just too inconsistent. He's just, and I mean, I, I feel like inconsistency is one of those, it's just a byword for, you know, not a good player. You know, whenever <laughs> we talk, but when we talk about consistency, what are we talking about? We're talking about a player who's good more often than other players. Who yeah, aren't? That's, yeah, that's just what it, consistency is. It sums up Arsenal's side, really, isn't it? They've got they've oh, got yeah. a lot of players in that ilk who look shit hot on the day, and uh, but those days are not very often, are they? Yeah, I suppose the two players. Well, I suppose I could extend it to three, right? Bukayo Saka, Martin Odegaard, and Kieran Tierney. Those are are the three I would have under consideration and just pick one of them. So obviously they got Liverpool next at the Emirates Stadium. So that's that's not an easy fixture but then next week they got Sheffield United and I think it looks like Sheffield United now are going to be the punching bag until the end of the season so I think they're going to be the ones that they're going to be the team that people target in terms of transfers and uh, captaincy because they're just the whipping boys I think then Arsenal have Fulham at home Everton home Newcastle away West Brom away Chelsea Crystal Palace away and then Brighton at home really nice set of fixtures I suppose if you're ever going to get Lacazette in it would be now he's in form good fixtures but those three men like I said Saka, Odegaard and Tierney I would probably have them in order I would say Saka would be at the top Tierney second and Odegaard last Odegaard is is a really nice player he's, he's really good but I feel like he's more like a Pirlo where he does all these nice things but he's not going to necessarily get you loads of goals and assists that's why I'm probably going to just put him to one side and then uh, pick either Saka or Tierney I think so yeah who else is on your list I'm I'm actually uh, I'm all out I kept mine very short because if you're going to have a, a list of must-haves you know you've got to be very selective about it so do you have anybody else on your on your list that you want to uh, tell the public there's no one jumping out we've not touched on Man United have we or mm. Leicester really um, I'm not sure Ian shows the man in form for Leicester isn't he and they've they've still got a fight to, to finish top four I think as I said before I think you've got to pick players who have got things to play for I think if you if you're going for sides middling around with with not much on offer, I think yeah you're asking for trouble. It's it's more of a lottery, isn't it? You want to go for the for the players with points to prove and uh, matches to win. 
Yeah, if we just look at Leicester's fixtures, I mentioned this last week, they've got Man City and West Ham right now. So that would not be a priority for me. But the two fixtures immediately after that are West Brom and Crystal Palace both at home. So those are two really nice fixtures. Then they got Southampton away, Newcastle home, Man United away, Chelsea away, Tottenham at home. Those last three fixtures, really, really tough. It doesn't matter with Leicester. They're pretty good against the top six a lot of the time. You know, would you, would you be fearful about using up a forward spot on someone like Kelechi Iheanacho, who we're not even sure will retain his place for the rest of the season? Yeah, it's tough. But they they have got they have got a great record against the top six this season, and and they've if they're going to get into the Champions League after last season's collapse, and they need to start getting results in in these games and the running, don't they? Iheanacho, I know he's Rodgers has tweaked his formation to get him in, hasn't he, with the injuries, and uh, and it's worked so. I don't think you can take him out with the, the form he's in. And Manchester United is a weird one. I would actually, throw, you know, I'm going to throw in a, a wild card now. It's not really a wild card, but I'm just going to throw in one that, that I haven't thought of. And it's, it's Luke Shaw. I actually think Luke Shaw is absolutely essential because his creativity is obviously off the charts this season. Uh, he's been unbelievable. It's the best season of his career. He's been the best left, left back in the league. I think at the minute you should be getting him in if you don't have him. They've got Brighton up next at home. That should be a clean sheet. But, you know, they've got Tottenham, Liverpool and Leicester among the run-in. And uh, if you look at a lot of their games against the big six, they have kept clean sheets. And, uh, you know, Luke Shaw has been coming up with assists. And the and the goal against City, actually, how could I forget? Obviously saved my bacon when I left him first on my bench and then he came off the bench, like just outstanding. And then in between, they've got fixtures against Burnley at home, Leeds away, Aston Villa away, Fulham at home. And then the last day, they got Wolves away. So I, I think there's a, some good fixtures there for United, but I've also got Marcus Rashford and Bruno Fernandes. So I'm definitely going to have to ditch one of those two in the near future, I think. It's just too much United. I'm, I'm clogged up with it. So yeah, that's it. Um, so is that it? Is that all our essential players? That's our list? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that's the selections uh, ready for the big running. Yeah, I'm trying to, you see, because I don't think we're we're seeing Man City as essential because they're going to have, you know, a lot of fixture congestion. You know, they're they're fighting on literally every front. They're still on every front. They could realistically win everything this season. Really scary thought. And they've got a blank game week in 33. It's not a recipe for like, you know, absolute fantasy kind of success with that concoction, that that uh, potion there that's, that's brewing. And yeah, I'm looking at a lot of other teams. I'm not entirely convinced so in terms of essential players i don't think we're awash with options but i think there's a lot of interesting ones to, to go for and look we might as well now talk about about transfers because you know this is what it's all about so who are you going to bring in after all of that i think it's going to be mendy change my goalkeeper chelsea have got west brom at home this weekend um and yeah i want, I want to get on that chelsea defense so mendy's going to be my transfer in for this week excellent I think I'm going to roll it. I think I'm going to save it. So I might be able to roll a transfer all the way to game week 33 if I save it now and then just make one transfer each week up until then. I'm going to save the transfer and then just uh, see how it goes because my squad is very strong. There's no particular weak points that I want to improve upon. Rashford, you know, obviously hasn't been in the greatest of fitness lately, but I'm going to, I'm going to hold him for the time being and, and just see how it goes and yeah, there's no one else I really want to... There's nobody that I feel like I absolutely have to get in right this second. And my squad is very strong. My bench is very strong. Like I said, I'm, I'm not too worried about, you know, players being dropped because I'll have good players to, to come in. And I will absolutely have bench points over the, the course of the last few matches. It's guaranteed. I'm just going to have to live with that because I've got 15 players who could all 
realistically play. If we're talking about, you know, who's going to play this weekend, we've got to talk about who we're going to captain. So who is your, who's getting your armband or who, you know, you always do a, a captaincy kind of column during the week. So who are the, the standout yeah. options in your opinion? It's tough, isn't it? I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of good fixtures this week. Like, well, my team, my team looks good fixture-wise anyway. Um, I think Patrick Bamford is interesting. They are playing Sheffield United at home. As we said, they're, they're probably going to be the, the punching bag for the rest of the season. Spurs are at Newcastle. Harry Kane would be a great shout. I've got him. Bruno Fernandes, Brighton at home. I know he's not been in the best form, but it's Bruno. So I'm torn. I think... I will probably go with Kane at Newcastle. Not the options I have. Interesting. It is a great, you know, matchup on paper. I currently have it on Rafinha. Would you believe against Sheffield United? Interesting. Yeah, I don't. I'm, I mean, I did this so long ago now. It feels like so long ago that I don't remember my reason for doing it, other than the fact that Leeds had a really good win over Fulham. Played really well. Rafinha was really good. Bamford was really good. So I feel like it, one of the Leeds guys is definitely in contention and it's the Yorkshire Derby like this is going to be massive I think they're going to be well up for it you know I don't yeah, I like see them I, d- I don't see them underperforming in this one like they're not going to come in undercooked like they're they're going to want to win and they're going to be tenacious and I think they're going to want to they're going to want to kill Sheffield United you know what I mean like I, it's it's not going to be pretty I don't think now on the flip side Sheffield United could put in you know their performance of the season because of the game it is so you also have to consider that but I think on balance you know Leeds are far far superior team so that's who I'm considering. Chelsea are playing West Brom and I'd love to say captain a, a Chelsea player because West Brom, again, are probably, to be honest, an even worse team than Sheffield United, but have just managed to get more points this season. I think they've, they've been absolutely atrocious and they've gotten a couple of good results because of big sandball, but they're going to get, I mean, they should get hockeyed. Uh, so I have the vice captaincy on Mason Mount, just in case. With West Brom, though, I'd love to get your opinion on this. Do you think West Brom could frustrate Chelsea? this is exactly the kind of game where you know big sam could absolutely wreck your head you know you have Tuchel ball which is all about keeping the ball in possession and stuff like that and very intricate passing moves and stuff like that and and uh, dominating the game and i could just see big sam just wrecking their heads what do you think yeah well as, as bad as West Brom have been this season and i agree they've they've done it on on countless occasions against the big teams haven't they they've, they've frustrated man city they've frustrated United, they've frustrated Liverpool. It could happen. And yeah, as you said, Tuchel too, too likes to um, to keep possession, doesn't he? And um, and dominate the ball. But I feel like that that may play into Big Sam's hands. They'll be happy to let Chelsea keep the ball and just put the, put the banks in deep defensive lines. So it is a risk, but I think Chelsea should have enough to get past them. They definitely should. I, I feel like maybe things have been going too well for Chelsea lately. Are they going to get like a punch in the face kind of out of nowhere? And I just feel like Big Sam is the man to do that. <laughs> you know, he normally I, is. Yeah, like when when you when you talk about if you're comparing Leeds and Chelsea, I would just feel so much safer just in my head, like putting it on a Chelsea player than a Leeds player. But then, like, I don't trust at the same time any of the Chelsea attackers as much as I would Rafinha, you know, or maybe yeah. even I can't believe I'm going to say this or Bamford. So Chelsea, I, I want to put it on somebody on Chelsea just because of that fixture at home, but I don't think it's it's worth it. Um, so yeah, so, so we've, we've put up a couple of options there. I mean, Kane against Newcastle, Bamford or Rafinha against Sheffield, and then uh, Mount against uh, West Brom, I guess, is, is my vice captaincy. And what, what do you make actually, though, of Everton playing Crystal Palace at home? I've got Cavalier Lewin first on my bench, and then I've got three Man City players playing Leicester. 
I don't, but I don't know who to bench if I want to play Calvert-Lewin. I don't know who to who to bench in that. So, do do you see that as a as a real banker for Everton, or do you think it's another one of those like games where it's like, oh, like oh Everton? Yeah, Everton have been another that have really frustrated, haven't they? It's it's strange to think that they're probably having the best league season for a little while because they don't always look convincing, do they? And especially at home, they've struggled. I think Everton will come through that and win, but. As we've seen so many times this season with Everton, they're, they're not a side that, that can be trusted wholeheartedly, can they? So, yeah, it's a tough decision if you're, if you're going to put him in. But who, who are your three City players? Stones, Diaz and Gundogan. So I, I could totally see Leicester scoring. But at the same time, I don't want to yeah. bench. I, I think benching Stones or Diaz is asking for trouble because like Stones is scoring goals like he's a prime Sergio Aguero. D- Diaz, it feels like he's like a guaranteed like clean sheet machine sometimes. But then again, like like I said, it's Leicester. Leicester love putting a few past Man City. And yeah, I've forgotten my last point, but yeah, it, it just feels like a, such a tricky one to kind of navigate. And I feel like I'll, I'll be punished if I bench one of them. So I, I feel like Haverloon is the right move to play, like because he's he's in form, like he's been scoring for uh, not just Everton, but England recently as well. So he's a man uh, ready to kind of pounce, I think, on a, on a team that has been pretty lethargic lately. They got the the amount of points they need to stay up, and they're just hanging about like they don't they don't seem very motivated to go and take games. So this should be an easy Everton win, but it's Everton like they just don't like when they should win easy they won't. You know, it's just the way it is. So yeah, is that everything? Have we covered everything, Harry? Is there any any other dilemmas or anything you're that are plaguing your mind at the minute? No, I think we're good. I think we're good. If uh, if anyone's got any, I'm sure they'll fire them over to us on the socials. Good, 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 good. Check us out at FBL Faithful or our main Twitter account at Footy Faithful. And yeah, so uh, we'll see you next week. Hopefully, we've got a load of FBL points as well in the bag. And bring on Game Week 30.